Howdy, y'all. Our partners at Cosmetic are a longtime sponsor of this show. Cosmetic makes topical CBD products like Tattoo Balm and CBD-infused pain cream. you got to check them out. Each unit of Cosmetic's hemp pain cream ships packed with 400 milligrams of their water-soluble patented CBD solution. Not only does Cosmetic's hemp-infused pain cream reduce pain via muscular penetration, it also aids in long-term healing of the targeted muscle area. Be kind to your skin and your muscles. And go to Cosmedicated.com, C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com, place an order, use the promo code from this podcast, SOS20, and get 20% off of your entire order at checkout. All right, let's do it. Podcast time. Welcome in, guys. How we doing? South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. I am the host of this podcast, and I'm super pumped that you're here. Thanks for doing it. I've got uh, Jenny Andrews on the show today. Jenny Andrews is a longtime friend of mine. She's someone who I've collaborated with professionally for about 10 years or so as well in a lot of different kinds of ways. Uh, Jenny and myself, we've had multiple creative projects that we've worked on together in the past with I don't know, I guess varying degrees of uh, success, you could say. Mostly all good results every time Jenny and I work together. But we've certainly been in the in the trenches together, too, on some pretty tough projects in the, in the past. And we've pulled off some pretty cool stuff together. And uh, she also was very uh, integral and pivotal in, in helping build Pop Fizz, which uh, can never thank her enough for. Jenny was also one of the earliest fans of this show, and she's always been extremely supportive of South Scruffy Podcast, and she's always been a target for me to get on the show because I, I think she's so fascinating and such a boss, uh, but it seemed like she kept just ignoring my text every time I would reach out for her to be on the show, but it turns out that I was doing that thing where you uh, where you send an SMS to their email address, and it gets lost in, in the ether, and, and they never see it. Uh, it's not really a text that texts their email address. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so when when I finally did get the blue text to get over to to Jenny, and the dialogue op- and the dialogue opened up about getting her on the show, uh, she was here in just a matter of days. She said, "What took you so long to ask me?" I said, "I've been texting the wrong place, man. I'm sorry." Uh, also, uh, this would mark the second straight South Knoxville native to darken the door of uh, South of Scruffy podcast. So don't call it a streak, but we're going to see if we can if we can keep that alive. Um, also, last thing I want to um, I want to congratulate my buddy, uh, former guest of the show, Zach Roskop, on uh, acquiring the casual pint space in downtown Knoxville, uh, where he intends to grow his uh, Knox Brew Tours brand with a brick and mortar bar that supports the local craft beer scene in Knoxville. I think it's so cool. Uh, Leave it to old old Zach to uh, take a hit like COVID-19 where he gets almost completely shut down, and then, you know, all he's doing is working hard to come out on the other side stronger than ever. So I'm super proud of him and happy for him, and I hope that bars are a thing in 60 days when he plans on opening the doors of his new spot. Thank you guys for listening. Let's do it. Here we go. All right. Jenny Andrews. We're doing the pop cast. Trying to pick me up. I don't know. They're trying. Yeah, they're probably trying to get. Uh, they're probably. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a recruiting effort. It is, that's what I kind of think. I think I look, I think they take one look at me and they think that I look like someone who could possibly be into that. Be like a third person? Yeah. <laughs> but what they don't know is that I'm way too selfish. <laughs> you and the other woman would be yeah, pulling <laughs> each other's hair. That would never, and not in a good way. Yeah, it, would be, <laughs> it would be not, it would not work out for anyone at all. Uh, so... But, the last time I was that I had this conversation with someone, he talked all the way from my house, which is downtown, mm -hmm. to the airport. Mm -hmm. 25 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, 20, 25 yeah. minutes yeah. about his polyamorous relationship in great detail about how they share a house. Like it it wasn't just like his sexual exploits. It was, it was a lifestyle. It, it was a lifestyle. And he went into great detail about this lifestyle like he was trying to sell me on it. <laughs> There was there was a sales pitch there. I was like, "Well, okay, bye, thanks." It's, it's, it's like the uh, Rodan and Fields of sexual orientation. <laughs> it always be selling. That is what it is. Apparently, that is a really good analogy. Actually, I I just didn't know it was so I didn't know it was so ubiquitous. I didn't know that that you. I mean, because you've run into it a lot more than I have. It sounds like I, any... I can't believe nobody has ever like had a conversation with you about this. Cause you also look like someone <laughs> who would potentially be into that. Thanks Jenny. <laughs> I just call it like I see. Oh man. That's a good way to start a podcast. Well, we're off to a good start. We are. We should, we should probably just stop right now. I know. Okay. Well, that was fun. Thanks. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we finally did this. I think it's hilarious that, uh, you know, I, I texted you last, I think last week and I was like, all right, this is the last time I'll ask you. I promise. Do you want to come on the podcast? You're like, yes, of course. Like, I'm honestly a little bit sore. You didn't ask me before that. And I realized <laughs> I'd been like texting your email address or something. <laughs> I think I used the word salty. Salty. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that, that was, was good. I was yeah. starting to get salty is <laughs> what you said. But in my mind, I'd already asked you once before and you didn't respond. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, but that just got lost in the ether. I'm not cool enough to put down being on your podcast. I feel like I have really arrived now. This there, is you're, this you're is, in rarefied air. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> it's a small group, small, but elite. Yeah. 30 group the of individuals. Wow. You know, the guy I had last week, right? Yeah. Josh Lay. Oh, Josh Lay. He's a man. He and my sister were buds in high school. He's a true South Knoxer too. Yes. Like yourself. So, yes. We are true South Knoxers. Welcome home. Oh, oh, I am on the wrong side of the river again. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be back. It is. It feels right. Though. It's on the, well, it's now the right side of the river. You think? I think that it's the tides are changing. Really? The tides of the Tennessee river shifting. You think? <laughs> yeah. Why? Um, I don't know. I think South Knoxville is just, is coming into its own. It's real expensive to buy a house out this way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'll move back in the next like five years. Nice. I have a little piece of wooded property that I want to yeah, build like, a house on, and you're like a real estate mogul. Get some roosters. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, because you can't have those in the city. <laughs> I know, right? But you've got a bunch of land, don't you? Or a bunch of different properties? Or... Yeah, I've got a couple properties. Um, I was lucky enough to make some interesting decisions. My parents thought I was crazy when I was 24 and bought a rickety old house. Mm -hmm in uh old north knoxville and they i really think they thought i was 
completely insane. And that uh, I got really lucky and that has really paid off. So, well, it, it was probably an area that was up and coming, shall we say? Yeah, at it the was. Time? Oh, yeah, it was. It was um, to be fair. It's probably still an area that's yeah. up and coming, but it has already come a long way. Yeah. So, you know, now I can walk out my door and be eating out of a food truck at the food truck park and, yeah, it's totally cool. uh, you know, a hundred yards and yeah. be at any number of breweries and 20 more steps. And yeah, it's pretty cool. I have a good, great situation. Buying a house when you're 24 years old is really smart. <laughs> if yeah. you can do it, yeah. you know, um, now I, you've got a bunch of them. <laughs> now, now I have a handful and that, you know what, it just takes that first one and like doing it when you're 24 and then all of a sudden, it's and y'all. You know, my other bit of advice is a fifteen-year mortgage, man. Like, yeah, I didn't have any choice at the time. Yep, I didn't have any choice. My bank wouldn't give me anything else. Yeah, but uh, it turns out that that was the best thing that has ever happened. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, and like most things that happen in my life, I have no idea. I just say yes a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but what? not to the guy with the polyamory. <laughs> in the that. Uber? I did not say yes to that guy. No just, to let's just lay that out right now. <laughs> I said no to that. Well, home alone that night. Yes. <laughs> so you have, back to the beginning, like you grew up over on this side of the river in yeah. South Knox. And you, uh, you've had a really interesting career. And I've been around for like part of it. Yeah. I've gotten to watch it. And we'll talk about how we met, I'm yeah. sure. But uh but like, so what was, what did you do growing up? You've got brothers and sisters, right? Yeah, I grew up. Um, sisters. I have a sister. Yeah. I grew up way out in the woods in South Knoxville. Yeah. Both of my parents were school principals. Both of them were principals. Yeah, I couldn't get away with anything. Wow, yeah. Um, dad was the principal, was one of the assistant principals at my high school. Ah. And my mom was a principal of an elementary school. And so, you know, uh, education came first. Mm-hmm. So I... I went to school a lot. I wrote a lot of papers, uh, focused pretty hard, worked pretty hard in high school. And then, um, I think my, my big, it's so funny how your life changes. Like, you know, in high school, I thought that I was going to be a doctor or a lawyer leaning toward a doctor and wanted to go to a small liberal arts school that cost a boatload of money and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do the medical path. And I loved science and math, but I also was really creative and so I um, went to college on a full ride academic scholarship, and then weren't you like the valedictorian of your high school? I was. Class? I was salutatorian. Salutatorian. Yes, That's by pretty... by like one one hundredth of a point. That was such a heart, slacker. It was such a <laughs> heartbreaking event. That was, was that really honestly that talk about things that shape your life. Yeah, that was a. Um, I think that is how I learned. That's the first time I really had to take a negative and turn it into a positive. And I didn't know at the time that that's what happened. Yeah. But honestly, I think it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I realized I didn't have to be perfect. Like yeah. if I had been valedictorian and graduated and had straight A's all the way through high school, I think I would have gotten to college and my crazy brain that does not like to lose and has to be perfect all mm-hmm. the time would have continued that on. And I would have had to have straight A's in college and I would have been pre-med and I would have had to yeah. like follow that same path that was so laid out for me. And as it is, I had that failure that felt like such an epic failure. My, the B, by the way, the only B plus I ever got in high school was the last semester 
oh. of my senior year. Oh man. Yeah. So it was a photo it was, finish. It was a man photo finish. <laughs> it was for real. Dang. And so, yeah. So that it felt like such a huge and epic failure. I just right at the finish line. So and did it give you more of like a chip on your shoulder or did it, did it like, did you break free of those like chains of perfection? It, like, that's what it did. I really? broke free of, I mean, look at me now. Clearly I am no way a perfect You're person who it. needs to be perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I really, it, it allowed me to free myself and not have to be perfect all why, the time. Why'd you make that be? Were you, uh, um, were, were you dating somebody? Did you have a boyfriend no, that was distracting I you? I didn't. I had this, this is such a weird story and I'm not even going to tell it correctly, but, um, it really all comes down to the word isn't. What? So did you put yeah, the apostrophe in the wrong place I or something? Did, I used a contraction and if you used a contraction in my senior English class, it was an automatic F on a paper. No and way. that automatic F on a paper knocked me down to it. I don't even think I got to be a plus. I had an A minus in the class. My final average was a 92.4. And that was that. <sighs> yeah. Gosh. So, but that's a, you know. It's a it's blessing. A, it's a blessing. Like yeah. the word isn't has come. I should have it like tattooed. I was going to say, you've got a couple of words. I so you got do. one word. Now I need on. to have the word isn't tattooed <laughs> on my body somewhere just so I remember <laughs> always that. That you um, don't have to be perfect. Yeah, that I don't have to be perfect. And that's. <laughs> And I think that is why, you know, when I got to college, I had a real, 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 real good time. Did you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Made more than more than one A minus in college. Maybe, maybe yeah. a couple. <laughs> I still was a really good student. Yeah. It was well, heck yeah. You if know. you're on an academic scholarship, they have yeah. standards for you, right? Oh, there were there you, were standards. You lose that thing. <laughs> yeah. So you went to UT. No, I went to ETSU. Oh, you so, did. I didn't know that. So there weren't that many standards. <laughs> <laughs> But they have a good med school, right? Is that why you picked that yeah, place? Because it, you wanted to go to like... Yeah, that was part of it. Yeah. yeah. And then it turned into just meeting a whole lot of hippies and having it, a... Hanging great, out. Yeah, and hanging out and spending a lot of time at the river and... Uh, yeah, I forgot about that part of your life. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so in college, what did you study? So I... Um, it took me a really long time to even nail anything down. Yeah. So I ended up with a degree in... Um, English and technical mm. writing and advertising. And then mm. I have a, I'm like one credit away from minor in photography. Okay. Too, so yeah. yeah. Which, which turned into a vocation yeah. down the road. Yeah. Do you know my, my worst grade in college, speaking of not being perfect, um, my worst grade in college was in photography. Nice. I got a B minus. Did you? Yeah. Sure did. Your photography is really good, so you showed them. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. So it's like all the, all of these. Uh, uh, what what on the surface to you, you take as like, you know, little miniature failures that really motivate you. That is a. I think that will be a common theme in this podcast because it is a common theme throughout my life. Turning small negatives into huge positives, or huge negatives into huge positives, gotcha. and it. But it's not because I do it. It's just because my daddy always says. There's a South Knoxville phrase that my daddy always says that Jenny could fall out of a plane and land on her feet. I was going to say, you, you, you always, uh, you always spin it right and come out in, in good shape, no matter what. And that's yeah. perspective in a lot of cases, yeah. too. turning negatives into positives, like you said, and I think or not stopping until they're positives, yeah. not, not being satisfied with it still being a, and it's, negative. and honestly, so much of it is just the ability to say yes. Mm-hmm. To just say, you know what, this is the door that opened for me at this particular point. So let's try walking through it and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. 
and you know, and sometimes you you it's not great, and that's totally fine because you learn something from it. And sometimes it is just this incredible thing that changes your life, and and it's something that you needed that you didn't even know you needed. Right. So that's my thing, man. That's like, <laughs> so it happens. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you're not cool. gonna lose that way. Yeah. No. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like that's not really even an option. You just. If you're losing, you just need to keep going, I guess. That's that's what it is. Yeah, for sure. So after ETSU, what happened after hanging out by the river with all those hippies know, right? and like learning how to set up a tent? and? Uh... So I, I did, yeah. I spent a couple of summers in college. I lived in Jackson Hole um, working on... Yeah, it was amazing. I, that's where I lived in a tent. It was a, that was an interesting time. I hope it was in the summer. It was. It was Good. in the summer. It's but cold. It's cold there at night in the summer, yeah. too. I'll tell you. We used to go to Spring Creek every every year we had a, a uh we had a condo up uh in jackson hole that we get to when we were kids well that's way Resort. fancier than me than camping <laughs> camping that place is awesome in but the I, summer and in the winter but i did have a really lovely campsite in an aspen grove across from the grand so my view nice. is probably better than yours was probably so in your condo yeah and Just you saying. were you were you could appreciate it yeah you that's know? true i was like eight. Oh well you know yeah, that's true. i just have these great memories of that town because it's so cool uh I bet neither of us could afford that campsite now. Oh, absolutely. That place not. is like so Aspen. it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's changed a lot, which is yeah. sad. But how was it living uh, <clears throat> living in a tent in Jackson Hole? <laughs> it, it, you know, that is it was amazing. I bet. I wanted to you know, I thought for a long time that I would end up there. I asked my family recently, I guess we were at Thanksgiving last year and I was the only grandkid at Thanksgiving and we just laughed about it because my family I was like, if you all 10 years ago or 20 years ago had had to choose which of the four grandkids would be the only one not here, who would it, would, who would it have been? Yeah. And they were like, you, hands down. We yeah. cannot believe you're here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, you, it sucks you back in. Knoxville sucked me back mm-hmm. in. Tennessee sucked me back in. And now I can't imagine having chosen anywhere else. It's a really great place to live. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I loved it so much out there, but I, I think about the long term mm-hmm. and what my life would have been like there. And it would have been hard. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been hard. Yeah. It's, I I think being away from family in general is hard. And I think that's what you see. I I don't know if, if this is, you know, it's certainly not unique to where we live, but maybe it's just part of the country or part of the world or something, but family values are pretty big. And like, I would love to live a lot of other places, but my family lives here. My wife's family lives here and I love them all so much that being close to them to me is more important than raising my kids in a, you know, in Colorado or, you know, wherever, a place that I think is a cool place to live. And I think that's, well, I think that's what makes this place special a little bit. And then there's to add to that. That's exactly how I feel. I'm very close to my family and, and in the next, in the last few years and in the next upcoming years, I want to really work on developing that relationship even more. Mm -hmm. But my family, we have dinner together every Wednesday night well, up until the time of COVID, we hadn't missed a Wednesday. My sister missed one Wednesday last baby she delivered um, at Cancun Mexican restaurant in South Knoxville and have for like 10 years. And that's a tradition that I get to see and sit down. There was a baby delivered at Cancun? No, 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 no. (laughs) She missed one week. Okay. That's the one she missed. She did not deliver. She did not. But we we do think that there, some spicy dish of theirs put her into labor. Nice. So that's good. Yeah. 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 So thanks, Cancun Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Castor oil. Take a back seat. (laughs) Cancun's. Do you like that? I think you should see if they want to sponsor this. (laughs) There's a free plug. I'll holler at them. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so um, when when Jackson Hole 
when Jackson Hole happened and then was that that was in college. So what happened after college? Yeah. Um, so Jackson Hole uh, and to back up like really fast. Jackson yeah. Hole, you said that you were in Jackson Hole when you were eight and I was the same way. My parents, I grew up traveling. We camped in all 50 states as kids. Um, which is super cool. That's amazing. It's a lot of time. I've car. only been to 46. I'm oh. still, I'm still waiting. What are your four? Um, uh, Alaska, Hawaii, North Dakota, and Rhode Island. You're not missing much in North Dakota or Rhode Island. Yeah. But man, Alaska and Hawaii are so magic. Yeah. Are you going to drive? <laughs> to Alaska? Yeah. Not to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> be hard. Huh? Yeah. Be hard. Um, yeah. No, nah, I don't know. I want to go before oh. I'm 40. You better get on it. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> you may just have to book a flight for that one. I know. Uh, yeah, we drove to Alaska. It was crazy. You did? So, yeah. Oh, well, I guess your yeah. parents had summers off, right? Yeah, my, yeah because Being my principals. parents were principals. So, they had summers off. So you guys traveling was a big part of growing up. Yeah. So that's what that's. So I think that's important. I think telling that part of the story is really important to note where my gypsy spirit comes from. Um, the ability to say yes to all sorts of things mm -hmm. and to not have to let creativity guide my life into my obsessive travel, just like being able to quench travel. And that's, so I, after Jackson Hole, I moved back here. And part of that decision for me was the ability to have this as a home base. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I will pitch about Knoxville and tout to anyone who will listen is that Knoxville is such a great place to be because it's gorgeous I mean, I, I've driven across the country multiple times and been to all 50 states. And honestly, if you look at it just through eyes that don't see it every day, it's one of the most beautiful places in the in the nation. It's so nice, but it's also super affordable. Yep. So I'm a very big, talking about real estate properties and all that, I'm a very big ROI girl, return mm -hmm. on investment. <clears throat> and honestly, I believe that Knoxville is the best return on investment in terms of like a place you can live. Cause I can, I agree. Yeah. I think it's like such a good return on investment. You live here, you can afford this beautiful home. I can afford a beautiful home mm -hmm. and I can still afford to travel. Mm -hmm. You know, my friends like Josh, like Josh is trying to move out of New York city. Yeah. And while New York city Josh is Lay. this glamorous, yeah, Josh like this glamorous place to live and to be and has so much culture and art it, but it's so hard to live there day to day. And it's, yeah. and it's, you're just, you know, my friends who live in these places and they, they choose to live in places with these, they can't own houses. They can't buy houses. They can't, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. I went through that with LA living out there. Yeah. It's like, not only are you paying a lot for, uh, wherever you're living, you know, the dream of home ownership is very hard to realize out there. Yeah. And, uh, you spend a lot of time in your car. So there's just like a couple yeah. of, I mean, it's like, you got to do something to make it, to make it worth it. And when you're spending, when you're working 12 hours a day and two other hours a day, you're in your car. It's like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's not a lot of time to enjoy this place that you're paying so much to live in. Right. And yeah. that's also a thing that I love about, about Knoxville. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, you can whine about the traffic if you want, but you can be pretty much anywhere in 20 minutes, yeah. you know? And to your point about being able to own a, a nice, a nice you know, a nice place, you know, no way in Los Angeles. I, I went, one of my friends, I went to his house. Uh, he was a, uh, he was a professional skateboarder and he had a house on, uh, off of Melrose, uh, Boulevard. And, uh, 
it was a block off of Melrose. It was a an a three bedroom, one bath house. It it was like fifteen hundred square feet, and it was eight hundred thousand dollars. And it's like, I, I think that was the moment. And I was at, I think I was twenty years old at the point when I was there, and I was like, man, I just I don't know that I would even if I ever would buy an eight hundred thousand dollar house here. I would I would want a lot more than that. And that was one of those moments where I was like, I need to. Yeah. I need to look back at, at, at something else. Uh, and then move and, you know, moving back here, I mean, you, like you said, you've, you made the, you made the choice early to buy a, to buy your own, you know, piece of property and, and your own house. And now like your quality of life has been pretty good. And that's a barrier that a lot of people in other marketplaces don't, don't ever know. I'm 40 years old and I don't have to work full time. Like yeah. that's, you know, yeah. that to me is worth everything and you know and I can go to New York now literally anytime Mm -hmm. because I can afford to buy that plane ticket that is by the way really super cheap (laughs) I mean and a non-stop and yeah we have great non-stop flights like I can be in California in with a pretty easy I can go to Europe I can go to travel to all these places that I want to go and get that get that fix of like culture and art Mm -hmm. And history and the things that and nature and beautiful. We just went to Utah. I know COVID travel. Don't don't tell anybody. I love Utah. No, it's it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we just camped in a van for socially distanced camped in a van for a week. And it was and that is that is what I need because if I lived there and I was trying to hustle so much just to keep up with paying my bills, I'm probably not gonna enjoy it mm-hmm. as much as when I can give my full attention to the experience and and enjoying a place fully. And the whole, uh, when your eyeballs see something all the time, you, you know, you, you kind of yeah. lose, you lose your appreciation yeah. for it visually. Yeah. People sure. that live, you know, on the beach or anywhere, you know, you, you sometimes have to be like, do you realize how beautiful this place is yeah. that you live? I feel like you don't appreciate this. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that's, I think that is the, the return on investment in East Tennessee is honestly, I think the best I agree. Probably don't want that secret to get out. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah, that's one. Of, that's like that's like your good fishing spot. You I know. know. You don't, you don't want anybody, right. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, I won't. Okay. Your secret's safe with okay, me. <laughs> don't tell anybody. I, I always, I've always thought that, uh, I, you know, I've always looked at you, and the, one of the things that I, I think about is how much you travel and how much you love to travel, and um, you've been some pretty cool places. Yeah. Like. Some really cool places. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even, like, I was in the car on the way over here. I was thinking about, I mean, like, I'm sure we'll talk about my travel. And I was like, what would be some of my favorites? And I really honestly, Mm -hmm. my brain is kind of overloaded right now. Like, and I haven't thought about travel in so long because, you know, we've been stuck Mm -hmm. here. And so I haven't even let my mind, like, really think about it. And so... It's fun to go back and, and think and look through old pictures and one day, one day we'll get to travel we'll, again. Yeah, we'll get to get in the big tubes together and fly across I know, the country. This is, this is the longest I've gone without being in another country. It's usually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that you've it's always crazy. kept it as a priority. You've yeah. always kept traveling as a priority. <clears throat> and, you know, those darn principal parents of yours traveling all over the country when, uh, you're, <laughs> when you're a kid. Yeah. Uh, so... What happened after, you know, after college? Uh, sounds like you bought a, you bought a house. Uh, yeah, I bought a house. And so I, 
thought I would go to grad school. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to law school and I wanted to, um, I got accepted to grad school at UT in environmental ethics. They Mm -hmm. had just started this really cool new environmental ethics program at UT. And I thought I, at that point was like, had such a passion for nature and the West and, and lands management and that was oh that's cool <clears throat> yeah it was really cool so, and so you'd I be really, like a park ranger or something no, like that no um like scientist? i really wanted to go mm, no mm-mm. i had like the scientist boat passed me can out. i have four more guesses please <laughs> with biology for the non-major it's like, okay. that was the end of my science yeah. career um but yeah i was gonna go to law school and lobby like huh? like lobby for environmental um environmental organizations oh so the yeah. program was a was a law was a law, law mm-hmm. program well environmental ethics was a ah, is a is gotcha. a master's program and then you can get your jd after right, that i was getting my jd after that yeah gotcha. okay so and then i completely flipped out about two weeks before school started and was like no 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 no, no never mind never mind i can't that's not nope 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 and so i i worked in the corporate world for a while just like doing um i was a retail manager and i did training up and down the east coast for yeah and retail and then i got um recruited out of that job and was a drug rep oh really no i like yeah what's that world like is that like taking donuts to doctors and stuff? that was what it was i was a glorified caterer and that job was so so boring was it oh it just was is it you it by yourself all day me. long? It was by it was me by myself all day long yeah. with a lot of people who don't have enough who don't have time for you. They're mm-hmm. overworked and stressed and and it's just is what it is. But I was so bored that I started self catering lunches. I would get up at five a.m. and make like homemade pots of chili and plug them in in the back of my minivan and like take homemade petros to lunch or like i would figure out ways to like to the doctors yeah that's awesome and they loved it because nobody else was but it was my creative i was like i gotta have some creativity in my life like this is gotcha and that was the moment that i knew that i was gonna have to find daily creativity as a way to make a living Mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing to do yeah and that was the moment that was the shift for me so why didn't why did you why did you kind of take so long to come around to rewarding yourself with what, what kind of always was your passion or what you leaned towards like it seems like you kind of tried a lot of different things yeah that weren't you I first. because I have a I have a real fear of disappointing people hmm. I think I think that's a lot of it didn't want to disappoint your parents um, I didn't want to disappoint my parents and hmm. um, I thought that I should be I mean you know when you're on a full ride to college like you don't want to waste opportunity that you've been given and I've been given a lot of opportunity. I'm really lucky to have traveled as much as I did and had great parents who put so much value in education and I had such a great education. And so I think that I just, it just took a while for me to like learn how to be true to myself and, and say, whoa, that is not me. Um, have you ever seen the friends episode where they all go like do these like flashes to their alternative selves? There's this Friends episode, but and I'm, you may not know, but somebody out there listening knows. And in the episode, Phoebe's alternative lifestyle is she's like a lawyer and she is like smoking cigarettes nonstop and like super stressed out and her eyes are all red and bleary and she has a heart attack at the office and then she's like working in them. And she's like, then she like shows back up in her, in her hospital gown to work again. And I'm like, that is the difference like between what my life could have been because I'm so focused in when I want, when I need to be in, like I I take everything so seriously and have 
such a perfectionist streak, but then being true to myself looks completely different from that. Yeah. So it's a weird, I'm a weird, yeah. I'm a weird man. Like, like you're, weird. you're disciplined enough to go be an attorney or yeah. you know, something if you wanted to be, and you're smart yeah. enough, obviously. Uh, but it's not, it's not you. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> it's like the, the older I get, the more I'm just like, you know what? Let's just lean on in. Just lean right on into it. Um, and that's, that is me being true to myself. And, you know, and that started, that started when I got laid off from my job as a drug rep mm. and I, I got laid off. They were like, this girl smells like chili all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> That's she's exactly. bought, she's, she's expensed three crock pots. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. Oh my gosh. I have not told anybody that you see into my soul. Ben Fields. <laughs> so trying to bring creativity into a not creative job. you that's when yeah. you, you, that turning point yeah. was like, okay, this is a sign from yeah. the universe. It's time to the universe. try I, at least try it. I mean, and you know, I get laid off from this cushy. I mean, I was in my mid twenties and I'm making bank mm -hmm. and you know, and have a company car and a company credit card. And like, that is what a lot of people like dream. Like that is the goal. Yeah. That is where that's you, making it. That is making it. Mm -hmm. And I was so far from making it because I was just so unchallenged and, you know, and so I got laid off though. And I'm like crying and crying and crying and crying. And then, um, I just was like, okay, and I went and roofed a house. You roofed a house? <laughs> yeah, like for, for a job? Like, I, yeah, I took it. I roofed my grandparents' house. Somebody you're... needed to do it, so I did it. It's like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time to think. I'm going to roof this house. It's fine. I learned a lot. Sounds hot. In June. Yeah. It yeah. was rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then I got rehired by the same exact pharmaceutical company into the exact same position. They, like, moved people around and hired me back. And I was like, oh, yes, thank goodness. But then right after I got rehired, um, they made an announcement that our company was being bought out. Mm -hmm. And my boss was like, um, here's your chance. Here's your chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He literally I had, I mean, this, this guy, I, there, there's a lot of people that I owe a lot of things in my life, but I don't know that this man knows what an impact he had on me for the words that he said to me. And what he said was, we're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> It's, this is not, this is not going to be great. He's right. No, yeah. he's like, we're, we're all done. Mm -hmm. But so over the next few months, I know that your passion is photography and that you want daily creativity as a way to make a living. So, you know what? Do your job, do the bare minimum. Mm. Here's what you need to do. He's like, you can accomplish this in like two to three hours a day. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the time, spend it to build your business. Mm. And he I don't know if maybe he listens to this podcast, but he will never know what a gift that was that he gave me. It's awesome. And um, I used that time to build my business and then got laid off again. And the second time I got laid off, I was sitting by the phone ready for it to ring. Yeah. And that's the way, again, I told you, it's just this, the universe puts me squarely exactly where I'm supposed to be every single freaking time. It's awesome. Every single time. It's good karma, Jenny. I mean, I get something. It's yeah. good something. It's good bullshitting. I don't know. It's something. So your boy, your boy says, you know, he he kind of. I mean, he really gave you a gift, which is oh, it was I'm, a gift. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna let you, you know, do whatever you want six hours a day. Yeah, you know, it was. And I mean, that and is then the. When, and then when the time came and the job ended, it's like yeah. you you didn't. 
You didn't have to skip a beat, did no, you? No, I didn't skip a beat. I immediately rolled into shooting weddings that first year. Mm-hmm. I had a logo, a website, and I was able to just roll right into it. So why did you why did you like photography so much? Um, <laughs> it was honestly this is again return on investment. It was the best. I saw it as really with what training I had and what uh, my skills are, like my skill set, I didn't have a degree in graphic design mm-hmm. or, you know, anything in any arts, any arts. Yeah. I mean, I could have written, I could have done technical right, writing, right. Um, which everything comes full circle. And now I'm doing technical writing, but it's, uh, you know, but it doesn't pay as much. And so honestly, I really looked at all of my options and I was like wedding photography because who is willing to spend more than yeah. most people yeah. on things. Yeah. And so, and, and there was a passion. It wasn't all about the money, but it was the one, the way that I knew I could make a living. Because yep. I didn't, I also, as much as I wanted to be an artist and as much as I, and I don't even know that I call myself an artist. I call myself creative. And I had to have creativity every day, but I also didn't want to be a starving artist. Yeah, I wanted to have a successful business and and have, um, I wanted to be able to have a house and I wanted to have to eat good food and I like to drink good wine and <laughs> have expensive yeah. taste. So what are you going to do? But, uh, so did, are your, do you still have this kind of like chip on your shoulder of trying to please your parents at this point too, and trying will, to show them that it's like that you're not, you didn't go to school on a full scholarship to become a starving artist. <laughs> I will never lose that chip off my shoulder really? ever it will yeah. all, but it motivates me yeah. and uh you know i am so close to my parents and but and but they have given me so much and mm-hmm. done so much for me um i'm so independent and you know i had to go to school for five years and i paid for that fifth year by myself man yeah. like uh but i i still will never lose that chip it is a motivator for me and it you is, want to, yeah. you don't want to disappoint I don't want to no, or anybody. I, and I know every time if I, I can hear my mother's voice when she's disappointed. Really? Oh, it happens a lot. She, she's been disappointed in <laughs> oh, you before. Lord, are you kidding? Really? It's like once a week. No. Oh, a little. It seems like you guys are close. though. it seems oh, like you and so your family close. is really, are, yeah. are really close. Yeah. We're so close. And everybody has to have something to motivate them. Yeah. And like a lot of, a lot of people think that's, that's bad to care what people think, but yeah. I, I think if it's the caring what the right people think, I think it can be good. That's and a really it, good way to say that. That's that's very valid. And if it makes you productive, yeah. productivity. If if left to your own devices, you you know you you wouldn't be productive. I think it's okay to be motivated by exactly. uh, by what other people you know yeah think. I, I mean, we all we all have to care somewhat. Like yeah. otherwise, we would just if I didn't care at all, I'd just sit on my couch and eat exactly. potato chips all yeah. day long. Yeah. Um, so, that sounds lovely. So it was partly business, the deciding to start a yeah. wedding photography company. Um, had you had any experience at the time with any kind of visual art at all? Like you're a good drawer and painter and stuff I like mean, that. I mean, I'm a right? good drawer and painter yeah. and you know, I had a degree in photography and when I worked in Jackson hole, I worked on the river as a photographer. Okay. So I had some background. Um, I had, you know, but I just started building my portfolio. I did a lot of $500 Craigslist weddings. And let did me tell you? you, if you can make a $500 Craigslist wedding look good, mm-hmm. you can make anything look good. I bet. And so that's how I challenged myself. I was like, I'm, I've got a little bit of 
I'm I'm making money. I've got and then I got a little bit of a severance package, which wasn't much, but mm-hmm. you know, I I was able to like turn that around and reinvest it in myself and in my business and say, I'm going to shoot these weddings for free and I'm going to take time to build a portfolio and get myself off the ground and just figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you came into it and I, I don't, I'm not super familiar with the space, but it seems to me like right around the time you started, I guess, right. I mean, when social media became so prolific, um, in a lot of cases, like weddings kind of became about the photography at some point. Oh, I mean, it was like the Pinterest. Yes. And I came into it right at the exact right time. Yeah. And I had a, a different idea about things than most people did. I was like, yeah, I'm going to give you all the pictures. Like, no, you don't have to pay me for individual shots. And like, yeah. you know, and I just. I, approached it from, I a, approached it with from a business side. Yeah, from a totally different place. Um, but also really have a passion for telling stories and it, and it did. And it became so much about if, if it doesn't look pretty, then it's. Yeah. Then it wasn't a good time. Yeah. Weddings, weddings didn't used to be like that. I I mean, that, that's such a crazy thing to think about. I know. I I think so too. And and I got married right in the, you know, right after that or right in the middle of that kind of kind of craze. And we didn't necessarily subscribe to that. We didn't want the, uh, you know, a, a lot of times the photography dictates the day, right? Oh, yeah. Like the, and the, you know, well, let's do the first look, like, you know, for, and it's like, you know, it, it all becomes like this, this dog and pony yeah. kind of a little, a little bit and less about the the ceremony. And, you know, I, I think it's fine if that's what if that's what people want to do. But it seems like you were able to kind of capitalize in kind of the Wild West days oh, of yeah. that becoming like a, yeah. a, a bigger a bigger thing that yeah. mattered more. And and that was and that like goes in with the way that I shoot and the way that I, I do things. It was very much telling someone's story. And mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time with people beforehand. I yeah. think I did. I think I spent a little bit more time with my couples than most mm-hmm. do and really tried to get to know them and like yep. it not just be portrait after portrait of, you know, and I, and sorry, you're not going to be looking at the camera in every picture. You're not, it's not going to be, I'm going to try to have a little bit more of a storytelling vibe going on and you not have the exact same, please don't send me a Pinterest board. Yeah. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I'd rather hear your story. I'd rather hear your story and I would rather see it as it unfolds. If there's a picture that you have to have to have, um, you know, feel free to send it to me, put it on a list, but but know that, you know, we don't, we don't want to like shoot the same picture twice. I used to hate working with videographers who would make them do like the first the second take. Yeah. Like yeah. do a first look, second take. I'm like, no, yeah. well, wait, 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 this, wait, that, that would be the second look. I, I'm very confused. I need more emotion on this. Know, second. Yes. <laughs> it would drive me crazy. Yeah. And so it's like it, it, there was like, I think it lost a little bit of authenticity, which is really funny. Like now. 10 years later, I've got, I'm shooting a couple of weddings this year, but I'm only really shooting ones that are, that are referred by friends. Like I'm not running a business anymore. Right. I'm shooting ones, yeah. you know, it goes under my umbrella of my, my greater business. So, you know, it's still a business, but it's, I'm not advertising. It's, and it's very much people who are more concerned with the marriage and the wedding. Mm-hmm. Those are my, those are my couples now. Yeah. And COVID is really, honestly, like, I think it's been really, it's been, all my wedding industry friends would tell you it's been terrible for the wedding industry, sure. but I think it's been great for marriages. Oh. I think people are like, 
Well, I know domestic violence went up well, pretty, a lot during the uh, during that early first marriages, bit. right? Yeah. But good for starting a relationship, starting sure. a marriage, like toning it back on the weddings and like being, you know, and you still yeah. want your celebration and you still want, but it does put things into perspective. Like yeah. what is important, what seems like it was important mm-hmm. a year ago is not necessarily as important sure. now. Yeah. So yeah, I think we've got it. I think this is a, I think this is a good like perspective reset. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a good little perspective reset. Yeah. And I, I'm so happy to celebrate with the people that I am going to get mm-hmm. to shoot their weddings. Yeah. And, and even the ones that have to wait and they're still wanting to do a big celebration. Like I think it's just going to be better for the wait. And yeah. you know, they've had time to like, to know, to know what it's about. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I think that's super cool. Well, you so. like, you've, I noticed that you kind of also have become like part of the family in a couple of these, like sometimes they'll call you back afterwards oh, and say yeah. like, Hey, I'm going to, like I bought her wedding dress back or whatever. Yeah. Like the, 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 the guy does something really sweet. Yeah. And he's like, Jenny, I want you to help me surprise, you know, my wife yeah. I've been married to for five years. And I mean, like, I'm friends with a lot of my brides yeah. now, you know, I've formed, I've formed relationships with people and, yeah. you know, now I'm seeing their kids after they're grown up and I'm like, this is yeah. crazy. You know, yeah. and I've, I've shot them a million times and it's, that is so rewarding to me to, to be part of people's family and to, and to have um, that relationship. <clears throat> um, some of, you know, I count some of my former brides among my very best friends. That's cool. So, which is really cool that we didn't yeah. meet any way other than the wedding industry. So, so how long I've did been you... given a lot from it too. Yeah. How long did you, uh, how long did you do your wedding business? About, wedding t- about 10 years as yeah. a full-time hardcore yeah. wedding photographer. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, and then I started like approaching my mid thirties, maybe, you know, mid to late thirties. And this is going to sound really terrible, but I didn't, this is going to sound really terrible, but I decided I didn't want to be a 40 year old washed up wedding photographer. <laughs> I wanted to go out on top. I wanted to go out on my terms Yeah. and I wanted to still be that one that got away for yeah. people. You know, I wanted yeah. to, I wanted, I just never wanted to be that because it's, there is a real, I think there's a real dichotomy between men wedding photographers and women and that Mm. men get cooler with age. And there's a lot of the, you know, best wedding photographers in the world are men who have really like come into their own and they've become, gotcha. They, they really grow and like can treat a a bride and a wedding differently as an older gentleman than they can as like a dude in his thirties. Who's just like, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. But but women women is the other way around the other way around. And I feel like there's that it's really hard to have an older woman, it's like your mom shooting your wedding. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's, yeah, you kind of need to be the same age as your brides. You do, and I feel yeah. like yeah. And the older I got, the more the younger your brides got. Well, the younger, <laughs> but but the more mature brides I booked, you know, I booked yeah. a little oh, bit, gotcha. you know. And so okay. like my brides kind of aged with me, and I got to a point that I was like, you know, I just I just didn't, I just am too competitive to not be at the top of the game, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I thought that it was time to start making, to transition out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a really good decision. So that's like the only time in my life that I've ever made a conscious decision to do something and then did it. Usually All the other times like, they had to lay you off twice. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. I wish that was a joke, but it's not. <laughs> well, um, so what would you do? I so, know what you did. What'd you do? Yeah, I, um, I joined good old pop fizz uh brian allen came and stole me out of 
um, out of the wedding industry. I think we had one lunch and he was like, so do you want to? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it for like nothing. Yeah. Yes, great. <laughs> Oh, it's start tomorrow. You know, Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I got my own stuff. So basically I paid him to work yeah. for him to work for him. Um, but it was a really good opportunity and I got, and basically I wanted, and it was, it was very calculated and I wanted to learn and to learn commercial work and uh, to learn editorial work and yeah. to start transitioning out of weddings. And that first year when I was doing both, I shot 35 weddings and was doing pop fizz commercial stuff. Mm -hmm. It is, that is the hardest year. I think really, that was the hardest year. That sounds like a lot. It was 35 weddings, which means 35 weeks. Yeah. Saturday. Pretty much right. Saturday, shooting on Saturday and then editing for the whole next week or whatever. And that was a full-time job of until that point, but then add on to it. A full-time job. A full-time job. (laughs) And that was the hardest year of my entire life. Um, Mm. And Plus, I wasn't making any money because I was on salary at that point. But it was that was just rough. But it was so worth it. And I yeah. knew that entire year, that was the thing that I knew was that this is going to pay off. This yeah. is so I feel like I, I like that was my pay my dues or my yeah. whatever. And I learned so much. I learned I learned the video world and I learned mm-hmm. I learned um, some production and I learned some, you know, how to how to um, be on a set and how to do professional or to do um, commercial lighting and yeah. editorial lighting and, and just yeah. managing, you know, managing media and all of the things that you have to know to be in that world. And so um, I, I, I have to say it because, you know, I think it needs to be said when, <clears throat> when you were there, we were in a really lean days and I came on oh, after yeah. you and, and I, and we'll get into that. But, um, uh, but it was, it's a lot different now. Yeah. It was, we were very lean then. Um, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have, we were still figuring it out. It was. And well, now we're killing it. Yeah. And like Brian's able to pay us all well now. And yeah. like finally, very much thanks to the hard work that you guys put in. Yeah. And I was a part of at some point later sure. on, but like you really helped build that company too. And I know that Brian appreciates it because he was off shooting oh, a, yeah. he was off shooting he, oh. a film. Oh my gosh! He was DPing a film in Virginia. Photography side of that, I forgot about that. Yeah. he was off in Virginia and you shooting did a movie. He, yeah, and I, I mean, we. So I just did all, all the, photography. the photography. He had to and have editing you. and all of the yeah. things, and so it. I mean, that honestly was. I think my parents were like, "Oh God, you do not look good. You are not well." And I'm like, <laughs> like that's because I'm working ninety hours yeah. a week. <laughs> but it led um, to it led to some pretty cool stuff, right? It, yeah, and it led but to but some... you facilitated a lot of that stuff I did, too. Yeah. So like Marianne Canada, right? Yeah. Friend of yours. Yeah. You introduced. But I only know. But I mean, I knew Marianne. So this is another one of those say yes moments. Yeah. Um, Marianne reached out to me to do a shoot for a dorm makeover. Mm. And she, this is so, I will never forget this. She emailed and was like, yeah, so what's your day rate? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I had no idea at that point. She's a digital producer at the time. She was a digital producer. right? Yeah. And so she was doing an article and a series of videos about how, about making over a dorm room. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about wedding day rates. I'm not thinking about yeah, production day yeah. rates. So I'm like, $2,000, Yeah. you know, which is insane. And the production, went, I would, <laughs> yeah, and she literally laughed in my face and was like, well, we were thinking more like yeah. five. And I was yeah. like, um, okay, great, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was like. My day rate's $2,000, but I'll do it for 500 Sure, no problem. Yeah. Because, I mean, number one, this is before I even came on with Pop Fizz. So this right. is like right at the at that point. And 
this is just part of me saying yes to absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great, I'll do it. And I found out later, you know, and that led to so much. That led to a career. Um, and I found out later that another really talented photographer in Knoxville passed on it because mm. the rate was so low. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. so it just comes from the ability to, and the willingness to sometimes work for less than you think you're worth. Yep. And you're going to learn something. Gosh, you're such a perfect pop fizzer. The, I mean, we do right? that all the time. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is like you, you make contacts and you learn something. I mean, I learned so much from that one thing. And so we formed a relationship and I did a you couple and more mm -hmm, and I formed a couple, did a couple more shoots for her. And then she was, that's when we were, she was really hot and heavy getting into, um, handmade. And so, which you know, is, she uh, had, which HGTV is HGTV handmade, HGTV handmade YouTube now, channel. a YouTube channel. Yeah. And she had just kind of random people filming her videos and some of them they were doing in the office. Yeah. And she, when I delivered those photos, she was like, Oh my gosh, we, I love your photos, like everything you've shot. I love it. Can you make video like these mm -hmm. photos? I had literally never picked up a video camera, but you know what my answer was? What? Absolutely. Oh, that's <laughs> no awesome. problem. Yep. And so that was in that first meeting with Brian Allen. Um, we had our meeting, and then Marianne and I had that conversation shortly after. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, um, Part of my absolutely was, yeah, you know what? I'm forming this, like I'm starting to form this relationship with this production company. I think they can totally like take my vision and make it work for you. Mm -hmm. And so I just. That's match made. Match made. Yeah. And that has been over the last, you know, over the last 10 years of my life. I think that's one of, that's one of the things that I've done the most successfully it, it was brilliant. Is matchmake. Mm. Um, and that I'm so proud of that. That is, that is one of my greatest matches. You should be proud of that, and of that marriage. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and I'm, cause it's still strong. Yeah. It's, it's and that's amazing. Like I, yeah. I love that. I love that we were able to bring those two groups together. Yeah. And we've um, grown together. Yeah. Like, like uh, the work that you guys, you know, were doing, um, look a lot different. Then yeah. the, you know, the, it's gotten the, the jobs have gotten bigger. They've gotten better mm -hmm. looking. You guys kind of, you started this relationship. Neither of you really know what you were doing at the point mm. to, to, to the point that you do now. No. And so over the last, whatever, five years that this, that it's been going on, it's like, it's really, yeah. it's really something special. Yeah. And it's like, you know, saying yes and not, and not, and not really knowing, knowing where you were headed, like. You should be, you really should be proud of, of where it ended up. It's yeah. And it, that's, it's been a really, it's been a really fun journey. It's been yeah. really fun to see it. Well, those days um, that we were both at pop fizz together gosh. and, um, they were very hard. There was a lot going on. They we were, were hustling. Hard. We were working way too hard. Uh, those were hard. They were hard days. And, um, one of the things when, when I got offered the job at pop fizz, it was right when, I mean, I, I owe a lot of things to you, Jenny, um, even before, before the pop fizz thing. But when Brian Allen offered me a job at pop fizz, uh, I, I came to you and I, you and I had a drink at the public yeah. house and I was like, Hey, what am I about to get into? And you were very <laughs> honest with yeah. me. You're like, it's hard. It's going to be really hard. You know, tell him what kind of money you need. He'll, he'll, he'll probably pay it to you if he can. Yeah. And, uh, you, you're gonna, 
going to work your ass off for, you know, for it. And it's going to be good. And it, and, and hopefully, you know, we can help grow this company. And you did that you helped. I came on and you helped, I guess we were there overlapping for about a year mm-hmm. and, uh, doing the HGTV digital series and yeah. trying to make those better and get, you know, I remember the first one I went on the overhead camera was two <laughs> ladders and a two by 12 running mm-hmm. between the two ladders and it was like C clamped onto it. Those were that was fun. I mean, those were those were like those were like shittyrigs.com. Yes. Like <laughs> oh, we have so many pictures I could send to shitty rigs. Yeah, so many. Of just like we don't know what we're doing, yeah. but a, a, a two by twelve and a couple ladders right. will work. You know, but that's I mean, we like MacGyver. Yeah, it and was bootstrapped it straight up yeah. bootstrapped. Yeah, it would those days were. But I I do um, going back to that conversation you and I had. I also think I remember telling you that I really believed in it. Yeah, you like, did. And you I told was, me that. And you, I was like, I it's mean, going to suck for a hot minute, but yeah. I really believe in what is going to happen. You were honest about that. Yeah. And it came true. Yeah. I mean, it really did. Good. I wish I had asked for like stock options or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was really dumb. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, it's fine. Well, so what, <laughs> why, I mean, I guess I don't really remember you leaving Pop Fizz because it was almost like you never left. Yeah. In a I, lot of ways. Yeah, that's true. So what happened? Well, how did that transition happen? So I um, started, I took a contractor role with, which meant I was in the building at Scripps. It was Scripps at the time. Yeah, before Discovery. Um, before Discovery. Yeah. I was in the building at Scripps. Um, we were doing some, we were doing a lot more internal productions. And so basically I... Um, and you know, I, I was like, let's see how much money we can save and like one man band this. And so you all started taking over some bigger productions and yeah. those little kind of, what, I don't want to call, I don't want to call it say rinky dink, but yeah. the stuff that didn't need a full production company, I was like, I can do this myself. Yeah. Like how much money could I save? How much can I do myself? Right. And so I came in and started taking on some of those smaller productions all by myself, like I built a little overhead rig and was doing it tabletop and making crafts on a tabletop. I remember that. Yeah. And so, so our, and, and this was important for pop fizz too, because at, at this time, the work that you and Brian Allen had been doing for Marianne Canada's department in those first couple of years were the, what you just referred to as, as, you know, maybe the rinky dink projects down the yeah, road. Right. But right. because they were doing so well, and they were getting, yeah. you know, in some cases, tens of millions yeah. of views on on social platforms and on YouTube. Uh, people started paying more attention to Marianne and what she was oh. doing because she was very successful yeah. with making videos for the yeah. Internet. And making videos for the Internet was an afterthought when you guys kind of started doing it. I mean, it wasn't an afterthought, but it was a new thing. Yeah. It's everywhere now. It, it was It was the work that people who couldn't you know, who couldn't make stuff for on air were, you know, they, they assigned them the social and digital stuff. And now that stuff's more important than the on air stuff in a lot of cases, because that's where all the eyeballs are is on your phone and not on the TV. Right. So when you, when Marianne's department started to really get all this attention and, and like grow and she was getting more, you know, she was getting more projects and, and, and the production value needed to go up on them because, you know, and then, so you were then able to get sponsors Yes, and, and you start bringing sponsors in. And so sure. things have to be, and I will say Marianne Canada is a, she's a genius. Yeah, she is. Um, and one of the ways in which she is 
the most genius is finding talent and recruiting talent. Um, and I don't. She comes from that, though, and right? I don't. She yeah, comes from being talent. I don't even just mean on camera talent. Oh, oh, oh okay. Gotcha. I mean us talent. Oh, you mean I like mean, identifying identifying people who can do the work? Yes. Yeah. I mean Danielle, she plucked her out of out of a shop. Yeah, Danielle Boas. Yeah, Danielle she, Boas. She what was she doing? She was working at uh, the Back Porch Mercantile, helping oh, really? Marianne with craft paint, with uh, Annie Sloan chalk paint, and. Marianne plucked her out because they had just told her that she could have an assistant. And really? Yeah. So now she's, she's been Marianne's just, right hand gal yeah. for, I mean, so for she's years. just, she's just a genius. Yeah. But I want to find talent and, and that paid dividends for her when she had me who could do the smaller stuff. Yeah. And then having identified the talent of this production company mm-hmm. to be able to do our bigger stuff. Um, and then on top of that, identifying on camera talent, she's just insanely amazing. And so you put all that together Mm -hmm. and that's, that's gold. Like that's a, you know, yeah, that, that moment was very pivotal when you, when you went over, I I remember it now and you started, you know, it was good because you were great at doing the, at doing the, you know, hands and pans, overhead camera, Mm -hmm. you know, what stuff that one person could do. Mm -hmm. Your stuff was awesome. You learned how to video edit in like yeah. two weeks. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like four days. <laughs> okay, it was four. I remember looking at your laptop and it was a post-it note with like the, the with like the uh, shortcuts for all the most simple operations in the world. I was like, I've been doing this forever, and like. <laughs> It's like, she's got the shortcuts written down. She's already like, she, and she's already making better videos than I am. She doesn't even know, know the moves. I didn't. It was that. So I really did. I had a, and I think they were taped on with painter's tape. Were they? Uh, yeah. It wasn't I mean, even yeah, a post-it. It wasn't even a post-it. But we like, got now a little bit more, we could up the production value with our stuff because the, you know, the, yeah. the smaller stuff you were taking care of. Right. But now, so now you're in a, now you're an employee there. At, or a contractor at Scripps sure. at the time. Yep. So in a, a lot of, I'm just, uh, now I'm, I'm just thinking back on all this. Like in a lot of cases, if you would have worked for a production company and left that production company to work for your client, that would not have been good. Right. No. In a lot of cases, but you match made the two companies yeah. so you can do you could do that and you continued to hire us and down so the the, i think that the the way in which that worked is that i was completely transparent mm. with both parties mm-hmm. and i even down to payroll who paid pop fizz who mm-hmm. paid me like i was completely transparent and i even called myself i was like i am the bridge like i am the bridge between mm-hmm. this company and this company and i we are going to all form a relationship mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be great. Yep. And it was, but I think that that would not have worked had I, had there been anything hidden, you know, had there yeah, been, been anything, honest. if I hadn't been honest mm-hmm. and just said, this is, this is the deal. Like, this is what I can do. This is, and that takes some, you know, that takes a little bit of, um, social engineering, crazy, no, <laughs> oh. or like total craziness. Like just, <laughs> Being off your rocker a little to, bit. To think that I don't would know. Work. Like to yeah. think. I mean, and there were days that I was like, "What in the hell? Who am I to think that this is going to work?" But it it just did. And you know, mm-hmm. if there was something that came up, we just we just dealt with it. Yeah. Like that was we did that it was together. yeah. We all just did it together. Yeah. And that was you know, not every day was great, but but man, we sure did build something. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very 
I'm proud to have been a part of it and to continue to be a part of it because we're still, yeah. you know, we're still doing it. And we have you to thank a lot for that. Well, thanks. Yeah. It's really funny. So then what happened? You're contracting, so, you're making crafting videos. Then did yeah. you, you like got a little more responsibility then at some point. Then I got point, a little more responsibility. Yeah, they uh, gave me a full-time position as a producer. Um, at uh, HGTV at or DIY? Discovery. Or? Well, it was mostly producing. It was producing web videos for HGTV. Same thing. It was working was for Marianne's department. Some, yep, working, working for Marianne. Um, some travel channel, mostly HGTV. And, but you know, I really, it was the exact same thing I was doing as a contractor, just probably with more projects. Yeah. Um, because I was managing an in-house crew. Now we like beefed up my, to give myself a little bit more production value and yeah. me not have to edit because I don't think that I, as much as you say, I'm <laughs> as, as kind as you are about my editing. <laughs> It, was good. it is not my forte. So you picked it up. Um, I did. I've made it work. I, you yeah. just say yes and do what mm -hmm. you can do mm -hmm. until you I can do that. Yeah, I got it. I can do that. I can do that. Um, but yeah, it is. It was uh, three really cool years of making videos. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it changed it. It changed so much like we and we always were just trying new things like if that set doesn't work, then let's try it in this way. And we were able to be flexible and we're, we're doing this from scratch. Like nobody's done this before. And we just had to do things that felt right. And, you know, Marianne is so good with storytelling. So they were taking that part of it and we were, you know, we were all just hustling so hard mm -hmm. and then discovery bought us out and, um, it started and it's a, it is a content factory. Like every day it is just a grind and you, you're you're producing you're producing the same material in a different way you're just like reinventing the wheel yeah. every day well scripts was like this kind of homegrown it was, kinda, it was it was a family it was yeah. homegrown and then you know discovery comes in and and purchases them very much a business transaction yeah. they didn't purchase the values of you know, no. they didn't buy scripts to take on the to that take on so their, their values. No, you know, didn't. they bought them for however many billion dollars it was to then uh, to then you know two x that money or three x yeah. that money. Right. And they're pretty discovery. Uh, they're pretty I, good I at it. Yeah, they are. They're very they're very <laughs> good, good at, at it. it. But you lost that home. We did that home yeah. spun kind of culture. Yeah. Where where you know this was this was you know scripts was was started very small and grew to something very big and discovery is a giant yeah. in the marketplace. And yeah. David Zaslav is the highest paid CEO in television. Well, it, and it, it certainly felt that way. Yeah, it did. Um, it felt, did, did yeah. you feel like it, like it took the culture out a little it bit? It did. I feel like, yeah. I feel like it, it didn't, it didn't remove the culture because right. I think the Knoxville office is always going to yeah. have a certain amount of, hometown feel to it yeah. but it certainly felt um, like walmart it certainly <laughs> changed the culture yeah and it changed what our, our what our days looked like it was less um different and instead you know you're um the series just lasts forever and you're producing the same thing over and over and uh, over and yeah. so you know for for a creative so um you know and it was it was so i'm so i learned so much being at discovery and I am so grateful for that time and the, the, the people. Um, but I decided at the end of last year to go back to the freelance life. Mm. Um, the 
at the end five, of 2019? At the end of 20, because I have the best timing in the entire world. Because <laughs> you're just killing it with the timing. Because really, because <laughs> just really killing it with the timing. Um, yeah, I think that my, I think that it was like my mental health was not as good as it could have been mm. um, with with that, with the changes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And I'm so, again, I'm so hard on myself and such a perfectionist that when it's, when you just are having to spin things out and like get things done and spin it out and then do the exact same thing the next day, like you turn one in and then you're brought back to it the next day. And there's just no time to think about doing anything different. Like I want to do different things. I want to tell different stories. I missed actually shooting instead of just running. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like those are the things that are close to my heart. And those are the, those are where my passions are. And I wasn't really getting any of that. And I think it was really, I don't think I realized at the time that it was affecting me so much, but I think it was really affecting me. You seemed stressed. I seemed, yeah. And I, to me, I I mean, that was, that was my, that was my take on it. And, and I'd known you for, you know, probably 10 years before that or so. And, and when, when we were cranking that last stuff out that we, that we did together over there, I could, I could tell that, that, that it was, I mean, you were, you were breathing it and it seemed yeah. like you had a lot on your plate. Yeah. And, and it wasn't so much that it was a lot on my plate because I was, I was definitely able to manage the amount that mm-hmm. I had. It was, it was more that I am such a, a glutton for feedback and approval and mm. seeking approval and, and making sure that the thing that I'm putting into the world is the best that it can possibly be. So there was and, a, was that, pre, where was that pressure doing from? doing things different. Oh, that's myself. Okay. That's 100% myself. Yeah. And things, Standards. And things are happening so fast above you. They don't have time to, they don't have time to like brainstorm how to do things differently. Mm-hmm. There's no like brain, you know. Yeah. You guys are so good about taking a offsite Every, every so often. We had and one. We've been at one the last two days. Oh, good times. You see all those canoes in the driveway? That's what that's from. We're gonna flo- oh. No, we're going to float the clinch tomorrow as a oh, company. So all of us. Fun. <laughs> I'm going to stow away in one tonight. Yeah. You can take, <laughs> me, take me with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think it was that. It's just like this, the need for approval and to, and to know that I'm doing the best I can do. And if I don't know that, then I'm going to be so hard on myself and I'm going to be hard on other people. And I... So, yeah, I just think it was like it turned into like not a super healthy place for me to be. Mm. And it made me stress and it mm. made me ultimately unhappy. And and so, yeah, I decided to leave and go back to freelance. And it has been the despite the fact that I've decided to do it going into a major pandemic. Yeah. Um, I'm calling this my forced retirement. Oh, I like it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was honestly like the best decision I could have mm. ever made or, you know, I, I still like think, man, that was really dumb to do that till I leave that job. But at the same time, like I just published my first article on HGTV.com that you I did? got to, yeah, no, it came out awesome. today. So you've maintained the relationship. Yeah. Though. I maintained a relationship. Um, did you fall out of a plane and land on your feet I again, did. Jenny? I did it. I told you, <laughs> it was told you it was going to be a major theme of this story. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I landed on my feet. Um, yeah, but and and I had an amazing first quarter. Like mm-hmm. I shot for all over the southeast for TVA through Pop Fizz and had just like the best oh, yeah. time. Yeah. You and was, Kelsey. We did. I remember you, you sent me some photos of uh, of 
Uh, you were listening to the podcast together in, we the, in the van. You, I was like, oh, yeah. my goodness. I'm flattered. It was so cute. There's we, my face on the screen. I on know. <laughs> we had we just had the best trip and it felt like coming home. Like, honestly, yeah. Yeah, you've um, come back to yeah. I've come. Yeah, yeah I, I came, came full circle. And, and you know, when you when you got back, like we were in some we we're in pretty good shape. We'd moved yeah. out of that room upstairs. <laughs> Do you remember that? They add the annex. Yeah. The, it was like the yeah. secret annex yeah, in the yeah. attic. Yeah. Ten people Gosh, in an attic. It was yeah. so bad. Yeah. Now we got oh. Herman Miller furniture. Yes, and, that yeah. is <laughs> a step up. A step up. Yeah. It, and so you, you got to, I hope you do. Did Brian re- Allen ever have his car towed out of the. It's still there. <laughs> his Land Rover has been say, up there. I was going to say, and the Land Rover's gone, but it's not. It's, it's not. Still there. It's been there for a year and a half. It's been there longer than that because it, it was there since I worked there. Really? Yes. So it's been there three years. Oh, yeah. Okay. Solid three years. Uh, I did put a South of Scruffy sticker on the back of it. <laughs> It's got one. <laughs> you got to drive by it to see it because the amazing. thing hasn't run in years. I'm going to start bringing back a sticker from every place you I should. travel. Yes. And I'm going to put a sticker on the back of the car. Turn it into your Nalgene bottle extension. Yes. You know? I hope Ryan Allen is not listening to this, yeah. but there are going to, we're just going to, and he's, it's going to grow. You know, like your children, you don't notice that they've grown because you mm-hmm. see them every day. Sure. It's going to be like that. He's yeah. not even going to notice mm-hmm. because he's going to just see it. It's going to go so yeah. slowly. Yeah. And in three years, you're not going to be able to see the car. It's just going right. to disappear. Yeah. All the stickers. He's like, he's like, all it needs is a new engine. <laughs> Brian, get it out of here. Y'all should, y'all should uh, set up a GoFundMe. Yeah, for to get us just yeah. to tow it out of there. I need eighty dollars just to tow it somewhere. Well, so does that bring us up to like what you're up to now? What yeah, What are you? I guess so you're so. writing articles. Yeah. And doing freelance photography. If I could tell you the number of jobs I've had this year alone, you would be astounded. Have you roofed any houses? <laughs> um, no, but I have paint. I'm, I'm, you have I'm paint renovating. on you right now. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm renovating a house. Are you? Yep. In good old North Knoxville. Nice. Um, it's a 130 year old house. Oh my gosh. That I bought from the family who owned it originally. What? And I'm completely restoring if it. If it's been in the family for 130 years, I bet it's run down. Oh, it was. You should have seen it. We'll we'll attach some photos to your I would Instagram. Love to. I would love to. That's what the podcast people do. They're like, oh, you can see that on our Instagram. Oh, is that what they do? That's what they do. Okay. Did you so notice? check the Instagram and you'll see pictures <laughs> of Jenny's partially renovated 130-year-old house. Yes. Um, yeah, it was a disaster. It, was the it? The back half of the house was falling off. Mm-hmm. So we had to put it back together before we could do anything. Yeah. It had like old knob and tube electric. Ooh, nice. It's, it's been a project. I bet. So, yeah. I can imagine you and some overalls out there with oh, a sledgehammer. You know what? I'll up. also, we'll also put the photo of me and my Carhartt overalls and my sledgehammer on the Instagram. Is that a thing? <laughs> yes. Oh, nice. Can we it. use that picture for my official Benfield's podcast yeah. photo? Of course. Okay. Yeah. You'll see it on the podcast. I, I want to. Okay. I've, we have to talk about three things. Okay. okay. Before we go. We're really long winded. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm terribly sorry. But I want to talk about how we met because I think that's awesome. Okay. I think it's funny anyway. Um, we met at Cassidy Garcia's wedding. We did. Oh my gosh. You that were, wedding. Yeah. It was something else. That was something else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that wedding was, um, it came up on us pretty quick and, uh, <laughs> We, we were there. I was, I was one of the groomsmen in that wedding and, uh, and you were a little, uh, you were, I I know you guys are super close friends, but you were a little fish out of watery. 
Yeah. Like you were, me? Yeah, yeah. You were different. Yeah. Then I was like, that, he's kind of cool. I think <laughs> I was like the last, I think I was like a, a bubble team, like, <laughs> like, uh, like bubble team groomsman. And like, man, he was like, somebody else canceled. I got to get him to do it. I was living out of town at the time. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and so you, uh, and so oh, th- this photographer shows up in a little red mini Cooper and, uh, and, and it's just like running the show. And I was like, she's cool. And I was doing, and, uh, let's see, I was doing, I was in film school at the time. And, uh, I remember, I remember, you know, I still thought my acting thing was going to be, was going to be a thing. And I was like, Hey, Jenny, <laughs> you take a headshot of me while you're here. From my portfolio, <laughs> and you're like Fabio, get over here in the in the in the circle with your cigar or whatever, and uh, that was that, that was is great, amazing. Uh, I'm glad that day happened though because it ended up having an effect on my career later. I I, I consulted you to get a job. You did, so, yeah. I know. Look so at that. it's like chance meetings. <laughs> the next time I saw you, I was it was at Preservation Pub. Yeah, and it was late at night, and it was like you know one o'clock in the morning. I was like. It's a wedding photographer. <laughs> and we and I, me and Sarah were broken up at the time. And there were so, some beers. There were some beers. Been, there had been beer. Yeah. Yeah. It, but but me and Sarah had taken like a, a break in our relationship. <laughs> I thought we were broken up forever. So I was like, I'm going to ask the photographer on a date. <laughs> and I think you said no. And that's probably good because, you know, that's, had, had we gone on a date, Jenny? I mean, it like... <laughs> One of us would be dead and the other one yes. would be in jail at this point. So <laughs> your and your wife is a saint. It, yeah. It worked out. It really it really did. It, it worked, worked out, out for the best. Yes. But this is part of the course. Me leaving a, a wake of heartbroken men <laughs> behind me wherever <laughs> wherever I go. <laughs> if only that were true. Yeah. <laughs> if only. Yeah, I, I think I got over it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got, I got. I was still in love with Sarah. Apparently, fair. Yeah. fair. The third thing I want to mention is when we shot Alice. And oh, Victoria's I just was wedding. really hoping we were going to talk about this. Do you remember? How do you not? Like, how do you not remember that? Alice and Victoria's wedding was it the toughest wedding you've ever shot? It was. I don't know that the wedding was the toughest. The bride. She was hands down the worst person i've ever worked she was with tough or for she was very tough Ooh. it would i felt for you i, I we, don't know if you're gonna be able to put this on the podcast I hope she doesn't listen she won't listen <laughs> she was I, I would say she was not at her best that day because i she worked with allison rough. a lot before that right yeah and you talked about how lovely she is she was and fun she was cool she was great she was just she was getting married and didn't want to, I think. Maybe, Maybe there was a, there was, was a lot of stress. You never know what's going on behind yeah, somebody's I don't, I don't want to judge anybody. Brick facade. <laughs> but we but I went back and I edited the video from from that wedding. We were in Chicago. It was at the mm-hmm. Drake Hotel, right? The the reception was anyway. And the wedding. Yeah. Um but I went back and I, I just anytime she was on camera, I I, I looked I, as I was going through the edit, I was like She's miserable. She was having a terrible time. It was sad. I felt so bad for her. And I thought the photos turned out wonderful for what you were up against. I thought they were great. And it was, you know, a celebrity, an on camera, you know, on camera celebrity. And I thought it was like, like, oh, this is going to be good for, you know, good for Jenny's portfolio. Mm, It was rough. She hated the photos. Oh, I know. I hated And they were great. She She was like, I I look, you know, she, she thought she looked fat or something. Well, 
she also refused to go outside refused to I had like 20 seconds to take photos. The yeah. only photos we took were in the hotel lobby yeah. after reception, which she had been drinking all day. Yeah. How do you think you're going to look? Yeah. I'm Absolutely. sorry. Yeah. I can't, I'm sorry. Yeah. That but was a big failure, but we, I like that was. we, we did refer to that. I think in our, in our best, most positive attitudes, we referred to that as the team building exercise. It really was. That was when we really started building the team mate rapport. Yes. Yeah. I was over my heartbreak at the time. <laughs> and it was time for us to get back to get back to work. Get back to work. But that was it really did feel yeah. like a uh, like a like a it like it strengthened our uh, working relationship. I think and, it did. yes, and I that agree came with to that. Pay off down the road. Yes, I agree with that. Man, that was rough though. Whew. Yeah. She was something. Mm-hmm. Well, I um I'm really grateful that you came on. I was I was uh, worried that you I was worried that you wouldn't when my when my text, you know, went to the wrong place. I will not break your heart twice. <laughs> thank I was you, determined Jenny. to not break your heart another time. Really, thank you so much for doing this. I've been dying to I've been dying to do this with you specifically and just to catch up in general. Oh, so I fun. really appreciate it. Thank you. Doing you. This has been so fun. Yeah. I was that this has been so cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I'm excited about um being back in the family fold. You're in it. I know. You're, Y'all are like never getting rid of me. You're a pop fizzer still. <laughs> I know. It's I'm just right back there. And yeah. I am not sad about it. Good. I sing your all's praises to everybody who will listen. Well, hang around as yeah. long as you want. <laughs> Stay as long as you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have to like pay me. So yeah, that's point. fine. That's... We, we owe you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I'm just going to start sending invoices from 2017. Back time. <laughs> yeah. Back, back pay. Well, thanks a lot. Jane. Thank really you. Love it. Old Jenny. Love her to death. I'm so glad she came on the show. She's such a sweet person and one of the most talented people I know, too. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Check back next week. We'll have a new guest for you. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at South of Scruffy. Send me an email. South of Scruffy at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know what's going on. I hope you guys are all great, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon, all right? Take care out there. Matt Honkinen, play me out.